Welcome to the Art of Homemaking podcast, where we are reviving the art of homemaking in the modern age. I am your host, Nessa Black, and I am joined by my co-host and best friend turned sister, Shannon Vantrese. From gardening to homesteading, cooking wholesome meals to creating a cozy home environment, we discuss it all and everything in between. Thank you for tuning in. Now pour yourself a cup of something cozy and let's get started. Welcome to episode 14 of the Art of Homemaking podcast. I'm here with Shannon. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) We were just talking about caramel sauce, as random as that is. (laughs) I'm running out in my fridge and I use it in my coffee and I definitely want to try making my own. And uh, I found out Vanessa uses, what do you use, that condensed milk in yours? Condensed milk, yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to make it that way. (laughs) And it's so tasty. Like we were talking about how Mm -hmm. it's so yummy, even just like by itself. (laughs) I know. I was was divulging that I eat it like straight out of the can, like with a spatula. Like after I'm done like using it in a recipe, I'll like take the remainder and just scrape it and oh. It's so good. I know I'm weird. I got a massive sweet tooth though. I will take the lid after I take the lid off with the little can opener and I just very carefully lick the lid. Vanessa. <laughs> avoiding the sharp edges. I, I hear that and I cringe. Uh, you're more prone to accidents than I am. So I get. I've done that so long and I've never cut my tongue. I know. Well, I lick well, knives too. Oh, you're, you're, yeah, nope, not me. You're the risk taker here. Living life on the edge over here. Literally on the edge, the sharp edge. The sharp edge of the knife. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Or the can. I made some caramel sauce, I don't know, last week, I think. I I can't remember when it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're supposed to, if you've ever made it before with the sweetened condensed milk and brown sugar and all that, um, you're supposed to like continuously whisk it so it doesn't burn to the pan. And I set the whisk down for like two seconds. No joke. Like (laughs) long enough to open my phone and open the app I was reading the recipe from and it burnt. Like I, I didn't even start reading it at all. It just like oh. smoking and I smell like oh. toasted marshmallows in my kitchen. I'm like, no, I just <laughs> burnt it. And so there were these little like black bits throughout it. And I thought, well, maybe Char. I'll use it for something. Yeah. If you had a good enough uh, like strainer, like cheesecloth, I don't know if cheesecloth would work actually, but like a, like a frosting, like a sift for uh, powdered mm-hmm. sugar, maybe that yeah. would work, but Maybe. Is it really worth it at that point when you just taste like the burntness? Burnt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I thought, well, that could be good in coffee or something, but I just couldn't do it. I don't know. Every time I opened the jar, I just thought it's burnt. Kind <laughs> <Instead laughs> of like <laughs> toasted marshmallows. Like, no, it's burnt. <laughs> Austin well. dumped it in the compost and the chickens went nuts over it. <laughs> he didn't even think about it before he poured it and they just dive bombed that thing like <laughs> like it was going out of style i'm like i don't know what's gonna happen now like we're gonna have some weird chicken poops around our property <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be on this little sugar like bolt of energy running around the yard and <laughs> their little chicks are gonna be like going extra torpedo speed i swear that you know how cells divide and multiply yeah yeah i'm convinced that chickens do that 
because <laughs> every time oh. I look out the window, okay. every time I walk out in the yard, suddenly there's more of them and they all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish you had like a chicken cam, like a little GoPro set up somewhere and just, I think it'd be just really funny to watch the little chicks go zoop, zip, zip by the camera or just the weird things that you would never ordinarily see. Oh, yeah. They're hilarious. They just... Like, I sometimes will just sit in the yard and just watch them because they crack me up. Like, sometimes they're just really, really cute and they'll just be like sprawled out under a monstera leaf, <laughs> like yeah. living their little ch- jungle chicken lives. And then other times they like flatten themselves in the yard in the sun and they look like they were hit by a car. And yeah, that was like, something I that was something I didn't know about chickens before we visited you guys. And then Sean was like, uh, is it OK? I'm like. I think they're just like, you know, basking in the sun or trying to cool down. One of those things. <laughs> yeah, he came to me. He's like, I think one of the chickens died. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, I was like what, what one? What are you talking about? And he shows me. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. They're just sunning themselves. <laughs> He's like, really? Are you sure they're okay? Are they breathing? I'm like, no, they do this all the time. It's fine. <laughs> we just don't have enough sun over here to like witness those. The chickens behave like that. I don't know. I That's know. funny, though. It's hilarious. They crack me up. Well, today we're going to be talking about fall cooking and baking inspiration from our kitchens. It's funny because growing up, like I would say until very, very recently, I thought cooking shows were the most boring, useless thing in the world. I was like, why would anybody waste their time watching somebody else make food that you can't even taste? Like, what's the point? (laughs) I don't care what you say it tastes like. I want to taste it. And it just frustrated me. Like, I I had, like, a weird anger towards cooking shows. (laughs) And Austin loves them. Oh, yeah. I I was just like, why? (laughs) I am right there with Austin. I grew up, I think, age 12. I was watching the Food Network channel religiously. And even to this day, I'm, like, always inspired by watching people cook with different ingredients sourced from all around the world. And I'm like, oh. I want to make that like I get really like excited about uh, being in the kitchen cooking and baking again. That's kind of just always been a part of my life. Yeah, I think as I've gotten older and like like I've talked about my journey of learning to love cooking on here. (laughs) But um, now that I'm like actually actively cooking and kind of enjoying it, I wouldn't say it's my favorite thing in the world yet, but it's something I can say I do enjoy now. Um, now that I'm in that place, I'm like seeking inspiration everywhere and I get the cooking show thing finally. <laughs> I'm like, Yay. oh, people like these because it gives them ideas. Yeah. I don't know why I never saw that before. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> I never saw myself being the person to like share recipes or talk about food, but here we are. <laughs> We're going to try something new today. <laughs> yes, we are. This last week, I hosted a dinner party at my home which was really special. Um, We have a small group of ladies here who get together once a month and whoever's hosting that that month um, decides the menu and they send it out in a group text to everybody, like, here's what we're going to do. And each person gets to pick one of the dishes and brings it. And we all just get together in each other's homes and we gather around the table and we eat food and we share about our lives and we laugh together and we cry together and we just have a really special time of connection with 
one another as women. But it's a time that I've found really valuable in my life and something that's gotten me really inspired in the kitchen because it's like a time when I can share with my friends and bless them with yummy food and I get new ideas from them and it's just a really special time. Since I hosted this last week, I set up my table with all of my cute jute placemats and set some lavender on the table and lit some taper candles and pillar candles and just set the table with all the dishes and had some little eucalyptus sprigs on the plates and it's just really cute and cozy and we just ate by candlelight and chatted for hours and it was just so much fun and all the, all the food was just like sprawled out on the island in the kitchen so we all just like ended up gathering around the island at the end of the <laughs> night and just picking up food and <laughs> eating yeah. these really delicious um, flourless brownies they tasted like lava cake they're so good with like whipped cream and strawberries oh yeah heavenly that sounds so good and what did you make for the main course I made a big pot of curry um that's wonderful sounding yeah so so tasty and I guess that's something I forgot to mention too is that whoever hosts uh makes the main course in our little setup. So I decided to do like an Indian night. Um, So we had like curry and naan and um, this watermelon feta salad, which was really tasty and like a curried cheese ball. And I'm trying to think what else we had. Sounds so good. Yeah. We had like these oatmeal, like breakfast cookie things with chocolate chips and the, like I said, the flourless brownies for dessert and it's just like this really, really yummy meal. <laughs> it's just a really good time. That feels like to me like the heart of this season is that time when you all gather together around the table. Like I think of Thanksgiving and um, Christmas and all the Easter. holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like that's what this season feels like to me is it's a time when we can all just like huddle in our homes and light some candles, gather in play the some music. Yeah, and just just cook together, hang out together, um, chat, connect. It's it's there's not a whole lot else to do outside when the weather's cold, so it's a great time to come inside and connect with um, with your people. When I think about all the memories I have during the holidays or during this time of the year, I always think back to like the, the aromas that you when you open the front door, you walk in the house, and like what do you smell? And usually it's some kind of food and something just like comfort food or some harvesty spice smell flowing through the house, Mm. something of that nature. And it always just, it makes me want to have a house like that where, you know, people are greeted at the door with the heavenly smells of whatever you're cooking and uh, able to offer them. So I just, I think that's the, the core reason why I love food and baking and cooking is just that sense of being able to offer to someone else something you made from like your heart, you know, and all the time that you put and invested in making the meal or the thought out process of like your pairings with your meal. It just feels special. Even like the part about grocery shopping. I love just going through the aisles and I have a I have a good list and I stick to it, but I do like to just try to dabble in new ingredients more so in the fall than other seasons because I'm just spending more, like we've said, more time in the kitchen, more time in the home during the during the season of just 
wanting to embrace all the things that are comforting to us and food is a big part of that. It's like my favorite time of year to just kind of slow down in the kitchen and get the cozy on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I like taking time to make like slower dishes, like soups, things that will just mm. simmer on the stove for like an hour. Um, Austin made a soup a couple weeks ago that I was just head over heels for. <laughs> and it was so simple. But he just like made it up on the spot. And I thought I would share it with you all. Um, I don't really have like measurements or anything like that because that's just not how we cook in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. I'd love to try to figure it out. But um, but yeah, I think things like soups, I just feel like you can't really go wrong. You, you can't. Just, you just keep adding things till it tastes right. That's how I do soup. So, And even just like pairing it with bread that you make at home, just extra special. If you if you have the time to, to put that, that combination together, there's just something really cozy about it. Yeah, I so agree. The soup that he made, so it was a roasted like kabocha squash soup. And it was really simple. He just cut up a kabocha squash. I don't know if, if you know, do you know what kabocha mm-hmm. squash is? Okay. It's a, the green pumpkin looking squash. <laughs> a lot of people are like, huh? Um, they're really good. They're very buttery. To me, they're kind of like butternut squash, but even better, my opinion. A um, <laughs> little bit hard to cut into. So sometimes I use a machete. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Just make sure it's clean first. So he cubed up some kabocha squash and like roasted it in the oven. And then he sauteed onions on the stove. And then he threw those two things in a blender once they were both cooked um, with a little bit of milk and a little bit of beef bone broth because we just had a little bit in the fridge. So <laughs> he just used what we had. Um, and then he added, like poured that into a saucepan with garlic, salt, and black pepper and a tiny bit of cayenne pepper and just let that simmer for like 20 minutes or something. And then he served it topped with shredded sharp cheddar cheese and cut up jalapeno chicken sausage and then I threw some red pepper flakes on mine because everything has to be spicy in my life (laughs) and it was just like this really rich like combination of like this smooth squash soup that had like a really mild but rich buttery flavor And then the cheese kind of just added that little bit of sharp contrast. And then the sausage like added the really savory. And then for me, the red pepper flakes is what took it over the top because then you got the spicy on top of it. And so you've got like this kind of like sweet, savory, spicy, tangy combination. It was just so good. So that's going to be a new staple in our house this time of year for sure. (laughs) Way to go, Austin. (laughs) I know. In my kitchen, I do a lot of baking during the fall season. That's kind of where like my heart lies with the fall season. Um, I always make cinnamon rolls with like a sweet dough loaf recipe that's my grandma's and that it makes enough dough that you can split it in half and then like I said you can make cinnamon rolls with one half and then sweet sweet bread with the other and I always think about cinnamon rolls being something in my childhood that always happened during this season of time and the brown sugar, the the white sugar, a little bit of butter. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of go heavy on the cinnamon and I sprinkle it all out. And then what I do is after I assemble it, I always bring my husband involved and I have him cut it like with some dental floss, like after I roll it up into a roll 
And mm-hmm. I, sp- I specifically let him do that because I know he likes to sneak the the rising dough. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I had started off by getting like a nine by 13 pan and, and slowly <laughs> I needed a smaller pan to cook with because he kept sneaking some. But it's just something that we like to bake together and it just takes a lot of time. But it's just knowing it took so long for the dough to rise. There's just something really special about these recipes because you just you don't make them quickly it's just it takes the whole day yeah so it just it smells heavenly when everything's baking in the oven uh, and just fills the house with a sense of warmth what I've come to love about cooking is the fact that you you put in this work and then it does things on its own like mm-hmm. like if you're making some sort of a bread recipe like the yeast does the work for you mm-hmm. for a period of time or like if you're making soup just that little bit of heat mm-hmm. and the simmer that's what does all the work like there's just this cool combination of like I do something it does something and then there's this product at the end where I get to eat something delicious (laughs) yeah I know like I definitely gravitate towards soups in the fall as well um I make the soup a Toscana soup it's Italian it has Italian sausage ground up and then onion I saute that a bit until the onions Mm. are running clear and then I'll pour some chicken broth in there and um, use like Italian seasoning and I like chop up some kale and eventually that goes into the concoction as well and then it kind of gets like tender as it lightly boils and then I turn it down to simmer and then I add a little bit of um, half and half and just a dab of butter and it makes everything just come together and it just mm-hmm. and, and I forgot <laughs> I put a lot of potatoes in there so I dice up some red potatoes within the boiling phase of the soup before I add the half and half I just make sure mm-hmm. those potatoes are nice and tender and just it's like a such a It's a fairly quick soup, actually. The big thing is just once those potatoes are are tender and obviously the meat is cooked, um, it's pretty much just keep it on simmer. You can have it on there for a few hours and just gets better with time the longer it sits. And usually I don't have any leftovers from it. So if that tells you anything, it's just really nice and savory. When you you made it at my house, we all just devoured it. It was so good. There's just something about soups. They're just so, to me, they're so comforting and they're warm and Mm -hmm. they don't take that much effort. You just kind of like throw things in a pot with some liquid and it comes together in one way or another. Um, I always love butter and soups too. (laughs) I always try to sneak a little bit in. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think a little just makes a little bit of a difference and just, just smooth and add some creaminess to it. Today I'm actually going to make a potato soup after uh, a few hours go by and just have that kind of on the oven stovetop so when my husband gets home it's just it's done and I can kind of go about my rest of my day that's also the nice thing about soups you can kind of just let it sit there and you can just yeah. do all the other things like clean up the dishes while it's doing its thing it's just so nice I almost think with soups the longer that they just sit in low simmer the better they the are better. like all oh, the flavors yeah. just come together it's one of those things I have to start a little bit earlier and I know it will take me at least an hour from start to finish yeah. before the food's ready just because it's gonna sit and simmer I could eat it before then but I don't want to because <laughs> it'll be better if I give it some time to just chill 
Another thing I primarily make in the fall is I love butternut squash like in its just whole state and I cut it in half and put in a shallow dish with a little bit of water and a little bit of butter and then a drizzle of maple syrup like on top like of pure maple and I do a little salt little pepper and I stick it in the oven and you know I just keep checking it to Mm. feel if it's tender but we eat it just straight up like that. Same thing with acorn squash. I kind of cook them all the same. I don't really go very uh, creative with the spices per se, but I also do that specifically because I use that later on, like in other meals. Like I have this butternut squash waffle recipe. Oh, so good. If you like a little bit of kind of like pumpkin spice vibes, so to speak, if you take the butternut and kind of use it as a substitute for some eggs um, and pair it with a little bit of flour. I I can link the recipe below for that one. Um, But you just incorporate it into your waffle, basic waffle recipe. And then I, what I do is I use a little bit of pumpkin pie seasoning or like some cinnamon and I add it to the Mm. mixture. And when that stuff is baking in the waffle machine. Oh yes. So good. It smells. How do you, what do you top it with? I've never had butternut squash waffles. So so. we either do like a particular yogurt. I don't remember the brand per se, but it was really, really good. It was like a vanilla bean. Noosa. We've done Noosa before. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what my husband does. And uh, then we do a little dollop of like whipped cream on top too. It's kind of a weird sounding thing, but it it tastes so (laughs) good. But I do just a little bit of butter and maple syrup. Um, Keep it really basic so I can like taste those fall flavors you know, coming through the dish, but mm. we have that for breakfast and it's, it's so good. And it, you can make a lot and they you know, reheat really well. You just want to really make sure to get that, that texture of the waffle, keep it in the machine a little bit longer than a typical waffle. That sounds delicious. I, um, I've made these waffles before they're apple cinnamon waffles. Mm, it's been a long good. time since I've made them, but You can either like dice up some apple really, really small and throw it into your batter and like literally cook it in the waffle. Mm -hmm. You can do that and or you can cook some some apple on the stovetop with some cinnamon and a little bit of Mm -hmm. butter, a little bit of maple syrup or some sugar, whatever you prefer, and just like let it let it cook down a little bit um, and top your waffle with that. It's so, so yummy. And then I usually will do like homemade whipped cream and a drizzle of maple syrup and it's just like this really rich like apple cinnamony flavor mm-hmm. almost caramely that's what it always reminds me of. it's almost caramely and then I like to serve it with bacon on the side because it's just like a really Ooh, good contrast sal- salty sweet mm-hmm. that's my favorite like when rich I think, with rich <laughs> yeah in Washington we have so many apples in season right now this is apple season and mm-hmm. I love taking advantage of that and getting some apples for a I make like this Bavarian apple tart, it's like a shortbread crust, and it has like a cream cheese filling like as the main body of the dessert. And then I slice up Ooh. apples really thin, and then I like yeah. fan them out over the top of the tart. So it kind of makes a design. It's like one of the only like desserts that I like have that's a little bit more labor intensive maybe on the top just for presentation but it's kind of fun to me and then I just do like a glaze over top and then I throw it in the oven and it's 
it's not a very sweet recipe, which I appreciate. It's got more of a toned down sweetness to it. And like the kind of dessert you could eat for breakfast and not feel guilty. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If there's any left for breakfast. (laughs) But a lot of my like fall baking I'm finding as I get older I'm like I'm I'm always incorporating cream cheese I just something about cream cheese recipes I still my heart every time <laughs> mm. I I used to make these really really good pumpkin muffins I wish I could find the recipe I had it years ago when I was in college and then I I have no idea where I put it I'm gonna have to search around on the internet for it. it's gotta be out yeah. there somewhere but yeah. um they were pumpkin cheesecake muffins I think is what they were called and you sold me with cheesecake (laughs) yes they were so good they were just like a very mild like not over the top pumpkin muffin with um, a whipped cream cream cheese filling like it had not really whipped cream I guess it was like sugared and sugar and cream cheese or something it kind of just like a sweetened cream cheese and they they were filled with that so you'd pour part of the batter into the muffin tin and then add just a little dollop of the cream cheese stuff and then pour the rest over the top and they'd be filled with this really yummy it's like a cheesecake in the middle (laughs) and oh so good and then you add a like a brown sugar crumble on top just delicious (laughs) filled filled cupcakes filled muffins are like the best surprise I think they're unexpected Uh, yeah I have a few recipes like that as well it's just it's just such a nice little extra added yeah totally I haven't made them in a very long time but now I'm getting myself inspired Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm gonna have to get on that been a long time they were so so good I remember making them for my professors in college yeah <laughs> they were smart like thinking. what are these <laughs> I know I know <laughs> yeah what <laughs> are these? my grades <laughs> <laughs> for me something I always make every every season um in the fall is my glazed maple shortbread cookies and Ooh. it's just like this maple cream cheese like glaze that I put over just a basic shortbread recipe and I like have this little cookie cutter that's a maple leaf that took me forever to find online. But once I got it, I was like, yes, here it is. I just wanted leaves, <laughs> something leaf shaped. And man, certain shapes are hard to find online for cookie cutters. That's a side note. But um, Do you know where you got them? The, the um, cookie cutter? If you can find them, send me the link. It wasn't William and Sonoma. It was, it was one of those brands. Hmm. Yeah. I'll send you the link. Yeah, but they were super cute and they just hold their little shape, but they're so delicate. So you have to be really careful when you're glazing them. And it's kind of one of those things that just takes you a little bit longer in the kitchen. So oftentimes I'll bake the shortbread. It's like a really buttery, delicate concoction. And often I'll glaze them a lot later in the day because I kind of get impatient with it because it's like, you know, it's a whole process to bake all these little fragile cookies. But it's fun for me. And the maple glaze just kind of is a nice different touch that, I mean, I always have in my fridge, um, especially during this time of the year. So, yeah, they're a big hit. And I want to make them today. (laughs) Yeah. You should. You should send me pictures if you do. I always feel like when I make cookies that are delicate and they break (laughs) as I'm making them, those are the ones that I eat as I'm making them. (laughs) So do I. That's one of the best things. Sometimes my husband will come up and like, oh, this one broke. This I one better broke. take care Oops. of it. <laughs> I'm like, yep, you better. And then all of a sudden my frosting 
why is it disappearing too? Because <laughs> each chunk has to go in there like three different times. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you got to get lots of layers. <laughs> Healthy dollop of frosting. And I don't go light on my frosting. I definitely give it a nice glaze. I love making cookies this time of year um, because I'm getting back into my sourdough. I have a feeling that I'm going to be whipping out my sourdough discard snickerdoodles a lot this fall because if you're familiar with baking with sourdough, you go through a lot of discard, lots of of waste, and you may as well use that for something. So I'll make um, crackers and cookies and whatever else that I can find. I have like a chocolate sourdough discard um delish loaf that I've made many times um but these snickerdoodles are so good and they have of course that cinnamony um tangy buttery deliciousness (laughs) of snickerdoodles they just get their tanginess from the sourdough instead of from cream of tartar which is really cool nice um but I'll usually just whip up a batch of those when I get enough discard in my fridge, just sitting in a jar. And I'll just freeze the little balls and throw them in the freezer. And whenever I'm ready yep. to bake them, pull them out. And if I know somebody's like coming around like, oh, we're going to have guests in two days yeah. or something, then, I, then I'll defrost them and bake them that day so that we have I, like fresh cookies. I will say that I have learned to do that over time. And it's it's really fun because it's like, oh, wow, you made cookies. I'm like, yep. Uh, yeah. It's just a matter of pulling them out of my freezer. You didn't. You <laughs> never knew it happened, and voila! It's like magic. Yeah. It's great for impromptu guests, yeah. for sure. Anytime I'm like making cookies for us, I just usually make a double batch and then freeze half of it. And if you've never frozen cookie dough before, a really good tip is to just roll it into balls as if you were going to put it on the baking sheet, but instead put some parchment paper on a yeah. plate or whatever you have. <laughs> I mean, I usually just use a dinner plate and then just set them around the dinner plate with just enough space that they aren't touching, but they can be really, yeah. really close and then set them in the freezer. And then once they're all frozen, take them off the parchment paper and throw them in a bag and there you go got cookie balls (laughs) yeah just kind of like berries you know if you want the berries to freeze without them sticking in big clumps sometimes I do that with bananas I'll like chop it up and put it on a baking sheet and so much easier for the blender my poor blender (laughs) yeah yeah I like making um chocolate chip cookies a lot I make them year-round but this time of year it feels like I want to make them more often. (laughs) Um, I have a really yummy recipe. I'll have to make a blog post and share it before this episode goes up. But um, it's a really simple recipe. It's nothing like profound. Just my special touch is that I add more sea salt than most recipes call for because I love when cookies are just a little bit saltier. Yeah. Um, I don't like too sweet of cookies I like sweet things but I don't like it to be overly sweet and chocolate chip cookies can be like a sugar bomb really easily so I just add a little extra sea salt and it's just so delicious I always get complimented on them because they're like just a little bit different you know so I'll make sure to to do that before this episode goes up and I'll put the link to that recipe in the show notes as well I hope some of these recipes gave you guys some good ideas some inspiration of what you could maybe try in your kitchen, um, whether you try these actual recipes that we're talking about or if it just sparks a new idea, that's all we can hope for is that it brings a little inspiration to your kitchen this fall. This is just such a 
fun time to try new things because you're inside so much more this time of year. And so really taking time to like slow down in the kitchen, light some candles, play some music, dim the lights, breathe really deeply. Don't get all stressed out about it. Maybe start a little bit earlier than you think you need to and just like really enjoy the process. If you have kids, get them a stool and have them bake or cook right alongside you or let your husband come in and help cut those cinnamon rolls with the with the floss. Yep. <laughs> it's just a really great time to to spend time with your loved ones and make special food that's really comforting and just enjoy cooking and eating and connecting with family and friends. It's time for Daily Delights, the part of the show where we share routine, music, books, shows, recipes, anything that has elevated our everyday experiences. This week, I have challenged myself because I want to read more books, and I was looking at my day and trying to figure out what's the best time of day for me to incorporate this in, so it's not like just a check mark off the list. It's more of just like a slice of time for me to do this that's enjoyable. And for me, I was thinking about my day and I spent a lot of time outside watering plants and uh, our grass outside. So I was like, well, I'm going to take my book and I'm going to sit on my patio as my sprinkler is going. And then every, I rotate like every eight minutes. Our backyard doesn't have a sprinkler system or anything like that. So I have this sprinkler kind of rotate around the yard. And so I just set an alarm for like a few minutes, however long I want to water the grass, and then I read, and then when the alarm goes off, I get up and move the sprinkler, and then I get back to reading. The whole process takes about a good 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. It's pretty lengthy, Um, so I thought, what a better, I need to like, this is a better, more efficient use of my time, and so that's what I'm going to be doing, and I'm excited about it. It's like a great solution for me you know it wouldn't always work for everyone but I just want to read more and so that's how I'm gonna I'm gonna do it that's awesome I usually start my sprinkler and then forget about it and go oh, no. and cook use my alarm system <laughs> set an alarm oh, Vanessa yeah. <laughs> I need to I need to probably stay outside too that would probably be helpful <laughs> put a chair out in the yard like yeah my daily delight this week is a book called Bread and Wine by Shauna Nyquist. And this is actually the book that my friends and I have been reading for our dinner club. Well, we all read one section at a time and then we meet up once a month and we talk a little bit about, you know, some of our thoughts that came up during that time, sort of like a book club. Um, but more importantly, we just focus on connecting and um and just enjoying food together. Uh, But this book is special to me because her way of writing about food and connection and time around the table is like nothing I've ever read before. Like she just really brings you in and makes you feel like you're there. It's tangible and it's exciting and you just feel what she's feeling in that moment. I don't know how she writes so well, but she is a just an incredible writer. And this book is chock full of 
bunch of recipe ideas um, and she gives tips for like if you're going to host your own dinner parties or if you're just going to host people at all, period. She gives sample menus. I mean, just all kinds of wonderful tips in this book. Um, Lots of stories of moments that she's had over the years with her friends who she does this with. And yeah, just a really, really amazing book. Sounds like another one I want to... I want to read that book. Uh, sounds like yeah. one that would be right up my alley. I think it really would. And I tend to think that about every book I like. I'm like, you would love it. <laughs> but this one I like really mean, I think you would really love it. You'll have to link um, it below for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll link it in the show notes. As with everything, anytime we can find the links. This concludes today's episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Apple has the largest listener base, and this will tell Apple to recommend our podcast to other listeners who may be interested. If you listen on another platform, you can simply copy and paste your review to that platform for others who may listen there as well. All the show notes from each episode will be available in the details section of the episode, or you can find them on my website, nessablack.com slash theartofhomemaking. You can keep up with me on my Instagram at Nessa.Black, where I share everyday life, daily thoughts, and inspiration. You can also follow Shannon on her personal Instagram at Shan.Vantrice.